1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Week 1, Thursday Night Football, Bills at Rams, DraftKings Showdown, Picks, DraftKings Showdown, Strategy. As well, we're going to walk you through the tools, what the basic idea is for Showdown, how you can make yourself different, how you can get yourself to the very top of the leaderboard, plus breakdown of the game, an early breakdown of the game on Mayo Media Network. I think we're going to have two more opening night previews. I know that Tyler Tambellini is going to have that on Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, plus the props that go along with it. And our guy, Big John Legazia, is going to have the jock market breakdown, plus his favorite bets for the game. So we're gonna have this covered from all aspects. You can expect those for every island game this season. I'll be actually not Sunday night. Sunday night's a weird content time, but you're gonna have me for the Monday night preview, Tambo for Tambo and John for the Thursday night preview. And then we're all gonna be tackling the weekend slate as well from a props and DraftKings perspective. So smash the like to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, tell some friends about everything that's going on as well. And if you wanna play in the best tournament on DraftKings, Pat Mayo Experience open. It's open right now. It's more than half full already. It's for the main slate on Sunday in week one. $75,000 of rake-free guaranteed money. You can get three entries. They cost $15 each. That link is down in the description. Plus, I'm giving away 1000 bucks in week one. So all you need to do is sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast at Stitcher or Spotify or Apple. Leave a five-star review with your Twitter handle and email in it so I can contact you. Say something nice and boom, you are in that draw. Although, I'll bring him in right now. Justin Freeman from runthesims.com is on the line. And I think that everyone, Justin, should go get their sub to Run the Sims right now. And if you use runthesims.com slash mayo, you get yourself a discount because, I mean, I love it for the main slate, although I have one more using Showdown and using the tools because I'm just oblivious to a lot of the stuff that goes on. But people are going to want this in week three. So why wouldn't they just get it in week one? Exactly. Yeah. Hop
2: on in. The water is warm. And honestly, no better showdown tool out there in my not so humble opinion about this. Like this is the way to be thinking about playing showdown. Uh, People have used our tools, have had great success playing showdown. So, yeah, we've tried to make that as as easy as possible. Give you enough knobs and levers that you can pull yourself. Be in control of your own destiny. But uh, overall, like it's fine. We've got a great community coming up over there. No need to wait till week three, Pat.
1: Yeah, you don't want to wait till week three, most definitely. And like I would highly recommend that. I mean, the, the whole site is based on, I mean, it's run the Sims. It's going to simulate the game. It's going to simulate the slate. I mean, many times. How many times is it now? Is it a thousand? Is it 10,000? Yeah, what are we doing here?
2: 10,000 times behind the curtain. And when you run it yourself, you'll get 5,000 simulations here for every showdown slate. So you're getting a lot of, uh, you know, those great lineups bubbling to the top, you'll get to see how frequently they occur. Uh, and that to me is like the, the real power uh, here is because showdowns not about players. It's about lineup combinations and how can you get creative in putting some of those things together. So, you know, you've got Um, You know, we've obviously got some studs in this game. We're going to want to try to jam in as many as we can. But then comes the second layer of showdown. This is where things get really interesting is you're thinking about, well, if I do this and everyone else does this, too, because it's an extremely popular thing to do then like h- how am i going to actually profit because i'm not going to get past those people people are going to duplicate my lineup and you know even when i win first place instead of the million dollars up top i'm going to be winning a couple hundred bucks and that's not the sort of risk reward we want to take on so sort of going down to that next level is sort of applying that game theory understanding that we can mix in some guys who while they're not as likely to hit as some of the more popular options When they do hit, we get immensely rewarded. We get um, disproportionately rewarded. That means we are going to take home solo million dollars or we are going to split it with just a handful of people up top. And that helps you be a long-term winner when you're talking about
1: Showdown. Do you think you've won more money on Showdown or the full slate of a weekend?
2: That's tough because I'd say week to week, like I can expect more showdown profitability like i find the swings to be much less variant uh than uh, the weekly uh games but i've had some recent (laughs) large swings in the weekly that have kind of probably pushed that back up towards the top but stable year long like if you told me i could only play one i'd play showdown
1: well is that because showdown is an easier math problem to solve where you might have hell, 11 games on a main slate, 22 teams, all these different players, only so many different combinations, like almost unlimited combinations that you can have trying to fill out all those spots, where with Showdown, you have one game, you have a set amount of players, you can only fit so many into a six-person lineup, only one player can be a captain, then you can just do your different combinations off of that. So do you think it makes it easier from that respect if you do understand both the math and the game theory behind it?
2: Yeah, you, you nailed it, Pat. Like, realistically speaking, it, it is an incalculable number of options that exist for a classic slate. For a showdown slate, we're talking a player pool that's, you know, maybe 50 players long, tops. And, uh, and, and really, once you sort of strip away guys who have no chance of seeing the field, guys who will be inactives, guys who are going to pop up on injury reports, we really whittled that down to really maybe 20 or 30 viable options on a, on a really thick slate. So uh, yeah, there's only so many different ways you can slice that up. And so, um, you know, the field gets sharper every year, every year, the field gets a little bit sharper. We understand um, how often we should be playing quarterbacks in the captain, how often we should be playing receivers in the captain. Um, and, And it is tough for some of those quarterbacks to bubble up. But the thing is the field has gotten pretty wise to that. And so kind of the the swing back and forth is understanding, well, as the field leans more and more towards any one strategy, there becomes value in sort of zigging while they're zagging, right, and and sort of counter adjusting. So you can get lost in the sauce when you start thinking about the different layers that you can apply here. So what I like to do is, is maybe more of a lower volatility uh, type of exercise, and that's tend towards playing the lineups with the better chances of winning. And so uh, I mix in a little bit of ownership criteria in there as well. And so that way I feel like I'm not punting away too much uh, edge in terms of actually getting to first place, but also making sure I'm avoiding those mega chops that exist at first as well.
1: Well, for people who don't know, I mean, you say that the field is getting savvier. I'm not getting savvier. I mean, talking to you is making me slightly more savvier, which is a huge accomplishment for someone like myself. But if I'm just going in blind, like what are some rules to live by? Like you mentioned quarterbacks as a captain. Is that something we don't want to do?
2: Yeah, typically we don't want to do, but we'll actually talk about this game and how there is a player who tends to uh, break some of those rules. Uh, what we don't want is a true pocket passer, typically in the captain spot. So if we're, we're talking general rules of thumb here. Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule. But like Matt Stafford is playing Josh Allen here. Matt Stafford, while he could be a tremendous flex play, get you the type of um, you know, score that you need to qualify into your lineup, he's not a terrific captain play because – you know, typically when when Matt Stafford has a great game, he's sort of filling up the cup for, I guess, pun unintended for one of his uh, you know, targeted playmakers in this case, most likely to be Cooper Cup. Right. So if Matt Stafford has you know a, a tremendous game where he scores 25 fantasy points, like we'll take that, we'll lock that into our lineup. But if he scores 25, I can go ahead and tell you Cooper Cup probably scored 30. And so that changes the math on who we should expect to be in the captain, because in that captain, we're getting one point five X on our score so that 30 from cooper cup now becomes 45 and now you needed him in that captain spot to win on a slate that looks like this um so you really you're wanting uh quarterbacks who don't you know guarantees sort of one of their pass catchers exceeds them in total score. And that's where Josh Allen's really interesting because we know Josh Allen can run the football. So there are opportunities for him to score that don't also benefit one of his teammates, unlike Stafford, who we would expect to be a major dog to ever have a rushing touchdown. Right. So Josh Allen, he gets you know, 50 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. That's 11 points that went strictly to him, not to his pass catchers. That's going to help vault him into a captain spot. So, yeah, overall, we we tend to like receivers. We like running backs who can catch passes. Obviously, this is DraftKings, full point PPR. Uh, We want guys that can hit some of those 100-yard bonuses. Those are the things we want. We really typically want to try to get that uh, highest scoring player on the slate in the captain spot.
1: So I think that some people might make the mistake of saying, well, if I use this, like, and it's not to say that I can, I, I think that this all has to be put with the caveat of, you know, Matt Stafford will be the most viable captain. Sometimes, and it's just not a higher probability situation than we want when we're filling out these lineups. Like, I have a feeling that when people open the DraftKings scoring for you know the showdown week one, and like Isaiah McKenzie's kind of cheap, it's like, well, if I put Isaiah McKenzie in my captain spot, all of a sudden now I have the world to play with. But that might not be the best strategy, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, sometimes playing those cheap guys can be a bit of a trap, and really, you're wanting those guys. Uh, to really blow their expectation out of the water. Because if let's say even Isaiah McKenzie, and McKenzie's priced at $2,400 this week, let's say he gets you 10 fantasy points. That'd be really, point per dollar wise, a pretty tremendous outcome for a guy you paid $2,400 for, I mean, which is very close to the $200 minimum price, essentially free, right? So uh, for that price, that score, fantastic. So you may be thinking, huh, well, if if he's going to do that, then I can throw him in the captain, and then I could fit in, it may be one more stud that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Uh, You're really trying to thread a really thin needle uh, if you do it that way. So I would say you're probably overestimating your ability to uh, nail the remainder of that combination. And sometimes it seems relatively straightforward. You're like, Oh, I go McKenzie that lets me get to Allen Stafford cup and you know, one other tremendous player or something like that. But I would say it's, that's still like you need McKinsey to hit in that situation. And you need the other guys to not do so well. Like you need Cup to have a good game, but not a spectacular game, because if he does, then guess what? You needed Cup in there. So yeah, I think it can typically be um enticing. You'll jam in more projected points that way. But in terms of like really finishing top 1% or, you know, number one overall in your tournament, uh, you know, I typically want to stay away from those tremendously underpriced guys.
1: Yeah. Just to almost to go back to what you were talking about in the Josh Allen, Matt Stafford situation. I'm on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Let's see if I can throw this up on the screen. See what this looks like here. There we go. So you can see that uh, if we kind of scroll up a little bit, you'll see that. Where is he at? Matt Stafford. can't even find him here. Oh, yeah, because he's at the bottom of the page. Plus 750 to score an anytime touchdown, a rushing touchdown or I suppose yeah. a receiving touchdown in this context in this game. And then if we scroll up, you got Josh Allen right there at plus 170. So really the mm-hmm. implied odds are like four and a half times more that Josh Allen is going to score a rushing touchdown versus Matt Stafford to kind of emphasize that point. Even when you get into, obviously Isaiah McKenzie has different ways to score points, be it through eight catches for 134 yards and a touchdown or no touchdown, mm-hmm. but we're just looking at pure touchdown scores. Obviously you get a lot of points for a touchdown. That's what you're really trying to mine here that he has the same odds as Jamison Crowder he has slightly better odds than Daryl Henderson now I expect him to be better than those guys but the one that really caught my eye here was Tyler Higby has like a pretty significantly higher probability of scoring a touchdown than Isaiah McKenzie does now is the volume going to be there for Higby over Isaiah McKenzie I mean it might be but he seems more yeah, likely to fair. score a touchdown. And that's a player that I just don't think that anyone is going to go to, but just with all of the like week one, I feel like the season long hype on players for best ball drafts, mm-hmm. season long drafts that all gets factored into the week one ownership. And then it kind of goes away. Exactly. Yeah.
2: You'll see those guys that everybody was high on headed into week one, start to really have their ownership impacted. And what's funny is like, you may like a guy like Isaiah McKenzie because of the price that he was going uh, there in drafts, but this is completely irrelevant. We have to reset expectations completely. And there are some interesting things like week one, we have as little information right now as we'll have all season long. Like we have no idea how the rotations are going to look for any of these teams. Uh, You know, we can sort of judge based on how last year uh, looked and what sort of archetypes were used to replace players. But, yeah, like you make a great point that we are chasing touchdowns. We want every single touchdown we can get our hands on playing showdown. Uh, If we don't get those touchdowns, a lot of times you're chasing the rest of the game. Like if Higby scores a first-quarter touchdown at 5,600, and you know he's probably good for another four catches for – 40 yards or something like that a really sort of pedestrian rest of the game. You're going to need them at $5,600. So yeah, I think sort of checking out some of those markets, understanding uh, which players do lean a a little bit more touchdown heavy uh, is a fantastic way to go. And then think about what that also tells you. If Higby scores a touchdown, if I just give you that piece of information before the game starts and that's how we're going to sort of build this lineup, that's the story we're going to tell. This is a Higby scores a touchdown kind of game. Well, there's one of maybe the three or four touchdowns the Rams are going to score in this game that's going to go to Tyler Higbee. That's one that goes to Matthew Stafford sort of by default, right? So he's he's included. That's one that does not go to Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson coming out of that backfield. Uh, it's also one that's not ending up in Allen Robinson's hands or Cooper Cup's hands. So it, it helps us sort of understand Um, yeah, who are the primary beneficiaries when this one thing happens that we really want to happen but yeah let's sort of reset expectations kind of across the board here
1: so one more thing to go into it so quarterbacks unless it's a running quarterback not your most likely captain or probably best captain is there a rule of thumb between wide receivers and running backs as we think about it just on a general basis too like I, maybe it's team dependent. I don't really know, but I always feel the inclination to play a wide receiver in my captain spot.
2: Yeah. It's just so much easier for a wide receiver to get there. If we're talking about some of the really dual threat, uh, you know, uh, running backs in this league or guys with just monster ceilings, we're talking about those guys that are first round picks in your fantasy drafts. Those are the guys who you could justify playing uh, in the captain spot. You know, Christian McCaffrey can, you know, really blow a slate away. But as you look around on this slate, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, we're talking about some sort of split existing there in the LA backfield. We're also not super uh, confident in how healthy those guys are as we uh, talk here today. <laughs> and then on the Buffalo side, you got Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, James Cook, really a three-headed committee possibly forming there, just not enough upside. So while like I could expect that James Cook may evolve into some Uh, you know, this type of player that we're talking about, if he can work his way up the depth chart, a guy who can catch passes and run the ball on the ground. uh, Yeah, maybe maybe about week seven or eight or something like that. But yeah, right now, as you sort of look at this slate, there's not that archetype of running back that we're looking for to justify a captain designation for uh, unless, you know, we're just kind of going under this uh, assumption that the game is going to be very underwhelming in terms of how many points are scored across the board, but Vegas certainly doesn't think so. This game's got an insane total of uh, 52 and a half right now. Buffalo's favored by two and a half. It, it screams shootout. So, you know, that, that kind of helps you understand how you should be building those lineups.
1: So when it comes to like defense, kickers, that kind of thing, do we – not so much in the captain spot, but just in general, like unless it's a weird game situation, like if we get that Bill's Patriots game, that's played in minus 80 degree weather. It's like, all right, well maybe the defenses can do well in that circumstance because sometimes you'll see the defenses pop in, the kickers pop in, in winning lineups. It always just seems to be some really bizarre outcome though, that was probably not on anyone's prediction palette.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, when you're talking about making those types of plays, either a) you're doing it because you don't know any better, or b) you are really chasing some very outlier outcomes, right? And you're going to have to have a huge bankroll to be able to survive some of those swings. Uh, and typically, the field overplays kickers and defenses in the captain spot. So, as of right now, I think you could feel comfortable just xing those out. Try to stick to a script that can still, like, if you think about a bell curve of of how the game could possibly unfold, like. Stick within the like the meat of that bell curve, and there's still lots of unique ways to create lineups within the the thickness of of where those uh, expectations lie heading
1: in. So a few things before we jump into the game. One would be, do you have any recommendations for people outside of using the runthesims.com tools to make you better? Completely customizable, by the way. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, slash Mayo for the discount. Like, I'm going to throw out a friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of yours, Cody Maynard established the Run. Someone who does some really great showdown work. Are there others that we should be paying attention to?
2: I mean, there, there's lots of people who are starting to work their way into this uh, showdown content space. Uh, yeah, Cody d- definitely comes to mind. It's funny. He and I kind of seem to keep crossing paths like we're the USFL guys, the XFL guys. We're the uh, showdown guys. But uh, yeah, I-, I love the work that that Cody does. He does a fantastic job. Um, there's some guys over at... Uh, at Numberfire, who are doing excellent work for single game slates as well. So th- there's a lot of fantastic content out there. And um, yeah, we, we try to do our best to make sure that you have the, the tools that you need. But it always helps to sort of bounce ideas off the crowd. Hopping in the discord at Run the Sims is actually a fantastic way to say, hey, am I, am I crazy or could this actually
1: happen? Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of Pat, you're crazy in the Discord, but then I I learn. And I I mean, USFL is the most profit I've ever made on any single (laughs) league, sport, whatever it might be. And I couldn't name you three players in it. I just trusted the system, trusted the projections. Your projections were fire for that. But I found myself playing like 50, 60. I wasn't maxing the 150. I was playing 50 to 75 lineups per contest. And then I just started printing money. How big of an advantage is it to play the 150 or 100 lineups in NFL showdown versus playing 150 lineups on a main slate? Because it seems to be a much bigger advantage because you can actually cover so many combinations.
2: Yeah, it is. You just want to yeah. uh, I think sort of the, the difficulty for playing tons of lineups is ensuring that you feel good about every single one. You don't want to punt away any you know negative EV lineups in your whole portfolio. And it can be tough to make that decision across the board. And so we, we try to make sure that we limit that as much as possible. The way we sort our output when you run the Sims uh, here for a showdown slate, you're going to get the best lineup in terms of most likely to take home first place uh, sorted from top to bottom. And so you'll, you'll have that information. So even if you're getting it in you know, with, with a few too many dupes, uh, that in the long term uh, could have like a small negative impact, but on a week to week level, um, you're going to have a tremendous portfolio of lineups, really, if you just sort of take the, uh, the, the sort of chalk that we're offering. And um, but I would definitely recommend going in there and mixing up some game scripts like you know, make yourself if you're going to play 150 lineups. Make yourself 20 where like Josh Allen stinks, you know, make yourself 20 where, um, you know, Jameson Crowder goes bananas, you know, make yourself 20 where, you know, Zach Moss actually was the leading running back in this game. You know, go through a few different possible game scripts and, you know, give yourself, you know, some chances to uncover some, maybe some angles that other people aren't thinking about. And if you sort of take that approach uh, and build a portfolio each week, That takes some strengths um, that I I, I feel pretty confident that you'll come out good in the long run. The question is, can you survive for that long? Right. Because you can go through some pretty killer downswings. I just tell everybody, play within your means, play within your bankroll. If you're going to play 150 lineups, start in the mini max. Right. Start for a quarter. Start for 50 cents um, and, you know, take that seventy five dollar buy in instead of the two thousand two hundred fifty dollar buy in that would cost to play sort of the main event most weeks.
1: Well that's something that Tambo and I talked about on we're gonna have the DraftKings like main slate strategy show uh just overall before we get into the actual week one minutia and that's going to come out i believe on sunday or monday so probably just following this episode you can stay tuned and tambo and i will be talking through all of this and one of the things that he hit on he's like he said basically unless people came into the daily fantasy DraftKings space with a ton of money on the outset everyone he knows who is a pro player who's good all kind of did it the same way they started in those maybe not 10 cent tournaments but 25 cent tournaments they started in the 50 cent tournaments and that's where they learned how to play all of these lineups how to get good and it wasn't killing them week after week if they were you know max entering and losing 75 bucks like it's not fun to lose 75 bucks but like you said it's it's much better than the alternative when you start losing 3000 bucks per slate <laughs>
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, what's interesting, even when you get to a level where you can afford to, uh, you know, take that kind of swing at the ball, like all of a sudden you, you lost $1,500 this slate, $1,500 the next slate and $1,500 the slate after that. and you've done nothing different. The same process that got you there is just running a little bit cold. So uh, yeah, definitely caution uh, that bankroll management because even like the the best players on the planet uh, go through major downswings. Uh, it just happens. So uh, yeah, li- live within your means uh, for sure. And you know, keep evaluating your process. Be sure not to over adjust your process and, and chase whatever was winning last week. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it took a defense captain to win last week. I better start making, you know, 50 lineups with defense captain. Like, no, don't, don't over adjust. Just make sure you're sort of properly adjusting to the themes and patterns that you're observing in your own play.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: Let's jump over to RunTheSims.com right now. Once again, RunTheSims.com slash Mayo will get you that discount, and we'll jump into it. So, I mean, there's NASCAR, there's F1 projections, UFC's coming soon. How close is UFC, do you think? Months? I I think
2: probably within the next month or two I, yeah. I I'm hopeful at least the optimizer is actually working right now trying to get a simulator that would be very similar to what we're about to see here for showdown also going so you can go in and change uh you know fighter win odds and stuff like that and, and you know lock players in so it, it's going to be really fun uh, I think it's a different approach than what everyone else is doing for MMA.
1: Well, if you're fans of Brett Apley on the Mayo Media Network or the Dogger Pass. Podcast on the Mayo Media Network, runthesims.com slash mayo. Sounds like a great way to get in on that once it drops. So for showdown purposes, we're going to go into the NFL DIY Simulator. And we'll go to the HQ, and you'll have your list of options. Now, what you can do is go into each individual game on the main slate, if you'd like, uh, and play around within there. But we're just obviously going to the DraftKings, Captain Showdown mode for the opening game of the season. And this is what we're going to see. Uh, We're going to... the the projections that you have in, I'm guessing, Justin, are based off of what the spread and what the totals are, right?
2: Yep, exactly. So for some of the stuff across the top where the where the teams are located, like Buffalo Bills points scored, that's coming directly from the total and the spread of that game. The pace, rush rate, and touchdown ratio; those are all run the sims uh, based numbers. So you know we're we're looking at historical tendencies. We're projecting out for this new offense and what it looks like, and, and basically starting with a baseline assumption of like. Most of the time, we expect it to kind of look like this, right? And so the beauty of simulation is that it says, well, yeah, most of the time it looks like this, but a lot of times it doesn't. So what if we just throw in a little randomness and see what happens? And so uh, that's the fantastic thing is like you've got all this information, both on a team level and a player level. You click one magic button that says run the Sims, and you're going to get some pretty fancy output there in terms of uh, how likely each player is to hit the winning lineup Uh, You'll get custom downloadable lineups that you can toss right into DraftKings and and all of that. But uh, really, there's a a lot of numbers here that are generated by um, us and our projections team at Run the Sims. We're we're diving into every news nugget we can get our hands on. There's a rhyme and reason to every number uh, sort of across that grid there. And uh, you're obviously welcome to change anything that you disagree with.
1: Yeah, so what I'm gonna do here is like this is gonna be the standard the, the standard of what Vegas is telling us or what sports books drafting sports books let's say are telling us is that you know twenty seven point five points for the Bills, twenty five for the Rams. That's gonna get us to our fifty-two and a half total of that game. But let's say let's just run a few scenarios where I think the Rams win this game. And I think it's a bit lower score. I think it's the Rams and it's the under. That's the story that I'm gonna tell. Now I'm not gonna adjust the pace stats or the rushing rate, although I probably should for something like this when I start adjusting the score. But I just want to adjust the score a little bit. So let's keep let's say the Rams win twenty-four to seventeen. Now, mm-hmm. I mean in that this scenario, if the Bills are running 66 plays at a 39% rushing rate, uh, they, that rushing rate probably goes down a little bit if they're down by that much in the game. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to click save over on the right hand side. It's just off screen here, just like here. I'll even move it over for people. You can see it up here. There's the Run the Sims button. There's the Save button. You know, sometimes when you do the screen share, uh, stuff gets a little bit out of whack, but that's okay. We'll move it back down a little bit. So I'm going to run the Sims on this, on that particular score. And you can adjust it any way you want. You can adjust any of, I mean, you can just run it as it is a lot of the time. So this is what it's going to give us. It gives us the optimal results. And still in this, Josh Allen and Cooper Cup, Stephen Diggs, Matthew Stafford come out as one, two, three, four. I'll give you your captain's percentages. Although it's really funny in this situation with the score that I've put in, Cooper Cup is actually going to be total owned less than josh allen but higher in the captain spot by a pretty significant margin 24 percent to 17 percent.
2: nice yeah and, and i what's funny on my computer i've got the uh the sort of baseline so i have something to compare against there and uh yeah that's quite a bump that's a five percent bump up for cooper cup and his captain spot so basically what you've told the machine there is there's gonna be less touchdowns to assign to bills players here and so if josh allen is not a threat to Uh, rack up tons and tons of touchdown opportunities like he is apt to do on any given slate. Uh, Yeah. That's going to really ding his ceiling outcome. And so uh, yeah, like that makes total sense. You know, cups expectation doesn't change at all. You know, Josh Allen's goes down quite a bit as does the touchdown expectation for really any of the uh, sort of pass catchers or, or weaponry at all over on the Buffalo side. So yeah, that makes total sense that you could see, um, you know, sort of those bills start to fall down in value. That's exactly what we would expect to happen. And so while, you know, the Rams' offensive expectations didn't really change, um, you know, sort of the the interaction and what makes a tremendous lineup does change. And that's how you get to those different numbers there. And that's how Cup elevates over Allen.
1: So in, in the baseline, what does Cam Akers come out at? Because I would feel like if Cam Akers – I think that Cam Akers is – Very interesting on this slate, because everyone's afraid of Cam Akers at the moment, Mm -hmm. because they don't know how much he's going to play, how healthy is Cam Akers. I don't want to play Cam Akers, have him run the ball once and come out of the game forever. But that also feels like a really nice buying opportunity on a huge upside player, especially in a score like this. Now, I'm not saying this is what I think the final score is going to be. I can adjust this a whole bunch of different ways. And what I like to do with the simulator for Showdown is give me one Rams win score. Give me one big win for the Bills. And then I'll play like four guys on one side for the Bills, two for the Rams. And then even flip it, weirdly enough. Because I think that's that's where I had all my success in USFL Showdown was, mm-hmm. you know, I would only use like two or three players from the winning team and use three from the losing team and just hope that the losing team was super concentrated in all the points that they had. And no one really wanted to stack up and use that many players from the losing team. But there are certain game scripts where, you know, if everything is concentrated on both sides and you can hit all of those goalposts, you're going to win.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's exactly what w- the way to use the tool is to go through those alternative scripts. And, you know, you mentioned Kim Akers, he, he comes out at 33% in the flex and a, just a smidge shy of 8% at the captain for about 41% ownership, uh, excuse me, uh, exposure levels there for us uh, combined. And so I would expect that in this type of script where we're seeing uh, less production on the bill side, we would expect Akers uh, production to climb a bit from that forty-one percent.
1: So you had forty-one percent. It's forty-three point six percent in there this simulation, and it's a nine percent captain rate.
2: Yep, exactly. So it's it's bumping it up a little bit. You'll see. Um, I, I think another way, if you're trying to get stronger Rams lineups, and you're wanting to ding the Bills, and and what's probably a, a pretty inefficient game, uh, hammering that pace on the Bills side will also give you some uh s- some better outcomes that are more rams favorite like instead of the uh, what is it 66 plays per game that we say the bills are going to run changing that down to 60 or 58 or some number like that that's really going to limit the total offensive volume that we expect and a lot of times i will try to like do those in lockstep with one another when i drop a uh, total try to drop that pace somewhat proportionally to that so that way we're getting um you know sort of a, you know a type of uh, you know, balance there that makes sense. Like we don't expect a high pace with low points scored. Um, you know, they typically work uh, in lockstep with one another.
1: So I just adjusted it to fifty-eight plays for the Bills and sixty-one mm-hmm. plays. For the rams at the 24 to 17 score i'm going to run the sims again and now we'll see if that spits us out anything differently this time around it's amazing how fast these simulations are like for running it five thousand times with custom it, it simulations it takes like take five, five seconds like, to run
2: yeah it so, used to take me literally an hour to do any one change to this so five seconds quite an improvement quite yeah an improvement.
1: so cooper cup goes to a total rate between captain and flex of 71 percent now and then it goes Cup, Allen, Stafford, and then Akers passes Diggs. And Diggs is right, still right around that 9% captain rate, but his flex rate is like 38% all of a sudden. But that's because our yeah. inputs on... Let's see. Cam Akers right here, we have him getting 56% of the market share of rushes. We have him at 62% of the market share of rushing touchdowns, 10% of the overall receiving share. You can minimize those down. If you think that Cam Akers is hurt and he's not going to really play all that much, I mean, we can't really speak to that at this moment. He could not even play in this game for all we know. Yeah. And then Daryl Henderson, I'm not entirely sure. what. I mean, it looks like he's going to play, but how healthy is he? If you just wanted to switch those up and say, hey, I think Henderson's going to get 60% and basically just swap Henderson for Acres or Acres down to the mm-hmm. Kieran Williams spot uh, and put those stats mm-hmm. in for him and put Daryl Henderson at seventy percent. All of a sudden, you're going to have a lot of a, a different situation here. So let's put it, Henderson at sixty. We'll just put him at sixty percent, and that leaves Acres at twenty nine percent. And we'll just kind of swap them here. We'll go twenty seven percent. That's two percent. Twenty seven percent for touchdown rate, and we'll go sixty one percent for Daryl Henderson and just kind of swap them in terms of receiving rates. We'll go five percent and then ten percent for Henderson. If you think, and obviously i not everyone's gonna think that. And hell, I might not even think that. Oh now I can't even run the Sims. What did I do here? Oh I got 102%. Uh for there we go. We'll drop that down to 27%. Make sure our exposure's at the bottom all equal 100 so it makes sense. So in this situation, what would you think that Daryl Henderson's gonna come out as?
2: Oh, man. See, the thing you got to consider is acres is uh, 8K and Daryl Henderson, how much? 4,800. So that could really make him pretty uh, popular there, especially in the captain as well. It's going to unlock quite a few things. So I think, uh, let's see, I've got Henderson at 17% as a baseline. He's got to be pushing like 50% probably here.
1: He is pushing. As a flex play, he's pushing. He is 53.3% as a captain. He's 15% in this specific scenario that I just adjusted. But that's just to show you. You can kind of tell the system anything that you want. Like, if you have a beat on this game and you think it... I think that's where, like, really if you are able to properly cap a game and you have like ultimate conviction, I never have this conviction on anything or else I would be like printing money betting on stuff if I think the line is that far off. But if you have your own modeling where you're like, wow, this, this game is off by like three or four points and then you can tell Run The Sims that story, all of a sudden you can build these showdown lineups with a ton of leverage. And the great thing is too, mm-hmm. like if Cam Akers is ruled out last second with like an hour to go, hour and a half to go, just jump on, put them to zero, allocate everything else elsewhere and you have your 150 lineups that are way better than everyone else's
2: yeah and the awesome thing here pat is second half and fourth quarter showdowns this is this can be really a print fest because it to go in here and select the second half slate for this buffalo rams game you know you're looking at your watch there's five minutes left to go into second quarter you've kind of seen a lot of things unfold like holy crap uh you know Jamison Crowder is the starting slot. Everybody thought it was McKenzie, but it's really Crowder. And, you know, Allen has eyes for Crowder. And so now you're just going to go in and blow up the market share for Crowder. Or, or you know, it's it wasn't Akers, it was Daryl Henderson. Or the third wide receiver wasn't Ben Skoranek, it was Tutu Atwell. Or whatever the, like, weird thing is. Like, we know weird stuff is going to happen here. Like, go in, make those adjustments for your second half and fourth quarter showdowns. And you could really make big edges on the field that way.
1: When, when do those slates usually get upla- uploaded into the system?
2: Um, a lot of times on game day. So uh, we'll get those like usually probably like Thursday morning they'll come in. So, yeah, they're not up on DraftKings just yet.
1: Yeah, until the, until the actual salaries come out. There's nothing we can really do <laughs> with yeah. what is going on. So Yeah, exactly.
2: The, the, the good thing is like DraftKings keeps the salaries exactly the same. So whatever you see is what you get for um, – uh the the main slate so if you're like looking Josh Allen's 12,000 he'll be 12,000 on the uh end game showdown stuff too it's a lot of fun honestly and uh you probably got a bigger edge that way too
1: oh 100% I bet you week one in Super Bowl are the two weeks where the prize pools are the highest on DraftKings yep yep so So hit it hard Yeah, I reset the the baseline here for all of the numbers. I'm going to run The Sims just to see if we can get some picks. And I think this is something I like to do on our full slate optimizer as well, uh, just to see where there are so many people that just will play the optimal lineup, like big stakes players playing in their three-person contest, 10-person contest. And that's generally the best way I find that you can kind of suss out ownership in a weird way. Like, I, I ran The Sims for week one, obviously, once we get all the information, injury news, some of the projections are going to change. But it does seem like everyone's going to pay down for Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones as their quarterbacks this yep. week. Like that's the common cheap build.
2: Exactly. So it's, it can be challenging on that main slate to think of contrarian ways uh, to come off of that. Um, but hey, the, the more consolidated ownership gets, the, the really the the easier our decisions end up being.
1: So here's the optimal results. As we ran it, Justin was talking about these before. You have Allen Cup, Diggs Stafford. Isaiah McKenzie is third. Then you have Cam Akers, mainly because Isaiah McKenzie is $2,400. That's going to really – he's the guy that everyone's – I feel like fading Isaiah McKenzie, it might be a terrible strategy if he goes off, but he just seems like such the player to fade. Hopefully he has a bad game because he's going to be like 70% owned. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And 60% of the time he's not in the winning lineup. So uh, yeah, if he's going to be 70% owned and uh, only going to hit 40% of the time, then yeah, we don't want any parts of him. And what's, you know, obviously we'll know a lot more by next Thursday. He's a little banged up too. So we want to keep our eyes on those sorts of things, but yeah, like this is a perfect way and we'll have ownership in by Thursday also. So uh, we'll have a way to compare like what we expect the field to do versus what our sims say to do and we have a handy dandy little column there total leverage that tells you whether a player projects to be over owned or under owned uh, in that particular contest we get projected ownership on every one of the island games here for DraftKings. so uh yeah we can go in and we don't have to really guess a whole lot like as long as we feel like our assumptions are correct we can pretty much rely on uh, whether these players are over or under-owned. It doesn't mean we have to exclusively play under-owned players, but uh, it gives us a lot of context, like to make sure we're not jamming in six guys who are you know, all going to be way too heavily owned.
1: So you can get your projections from the simulations as well. Which yeah, These are going to be what, the medium projections for everything?
2: Yeah, exactly right. So uh, whatever game script is that you just keyed in, Uh, you'll see how that changes. It could be, that could be a helpful way to add a little context. Like for me, uh, I'm seeing, you know, just north of 40 yards rushing on the ground for Josh Allen, 295 yards passing. And there's some really cool lines out there right now, like Prize Picks has some awesome lines uh, for hitting those different player prop markets. Um, So you can go hammer those. Our DraftKings Sportsbook has lots of really cool lines for hitting those prop markets. You can compare those right there uh, based on sort of what you expect is going to happen, I'm seeing Josh Allen 295 passing yards. You know Stafford 254. You know passing yards. First thing I'd like to do is pull up, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook and see where they have the lines for those and see if we see any edge.
1: Yeah, so Josh Allen over under 274.5 passing yards and we got him at 296 that's a pretty big over based on the the baseline situation that we're talking about 269.5 for Matthew Stafford projected out at 255 so over under obviously just because someone is projected out at 30 30 yards over that's a good spot to be in doesn't mean it's not necessarily mm-hmm. going to win I think people need to understand that context to it as well
2: absolutely yeah it's like uh, even when you're building your DFS lineups we can put ourselves in good position. Doesn't mean that at the end of the day, once the dice hit the table, that it's going to come out to our advantage.
1: So uh, the last thing you can do is you can click on the custom lineups that you've put in and you can go different build types. Like if you want to do the 3-3, so it takes three Rams, three Bills, and you can make sure you can put in whatever captain you want. Like, hey, I want Cam Akers Rams 3v3 lineups. What are those going to look like? Uh, Then there's a the frequency of the simulations. How many simulations does it build out? Is it 5,000 on this one? 5,000 5, for sure. So mm-hmm. these two lineups are the most prevalent at a 5,000 lineup. So they, this one comes up five times. This one comes up five times. Uh, you can see Isaiah McKenzie is in both. I don't want to play those ones. So I need to go down to, and he's in most of them because he fits. So now I need to go down to the one that's a little bit different. And you know, like, do I want a kicker? Yeah. I don't know about that so much, but now we're at like Acres, Scroenek, Josh Allen, Diggs, Cooper Cup, and James Cook. Like that feels, although it uses all the salary, that does feel like a pretty unique lineup to me.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, and that's the challenge is, is to find ones that can be unique. So if if you found one, uh, I, I would tend to want to play that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you uh, yeah I would say four. offer
2: that, like that max salary button is, is a really handy way to make sure you're, Um, you know, cutting down ownership. If you are going to be a large field player, go to max salary, type in 49,000, you know, and see what you get then. Um, And and it's going to reduce the frequency number by quite a bit. Like you're not going to get as good a lineups anymore once you start limiting the salary. But these are combinations that can hit together. Uh, You know, 5,000, what sounds like a large sample size is kind of small, honestly, in the grand scheme of how many different ways, a, um, a contest can play out, but it's a great way to make sure you're not overly duplicated because still most players do you know, are very much drawn towards playing, um, you know, a lineup that spends right at max salary.
1: Yeah. And it's super easy. You can just download the CVS. You can parse through it all you want at runthesims.com. And even, just I'll throw this in here, we have the NFL Prize Picks tool, which is going to come in handy for our Prize Picks show on Mayo Media Network, where you can just kind of go in and you can see this is just built in. Like, what is the favorite on all of these? This is fantastic. Plus, it has the value calculator over on the right-hand side as well, if you want to go punch in how much you want to wager, uh, versus the legs, versus the odds, like, it'll give you the odds to sweep, how much a power play is going to hit, how much a flex play is going to hit, Uh, and, I mean, a lot of the times that the prize picks over-unders, I mean, we like to catch the soft ones that have an 80% win rate for the simulations, but they're pretty dead on a lot of the times, too, with what the DraftKings Sportsbook over-unders are going to be within a few yards, and maybe a few yards changes everything, but if you're really into props, this is a great tool that you can go into, and it's all based off those simulations.
2: Yep, exactly. It's going in on an hourly level, You know, rerunning our numbers, rerunning the uh, prize picks numbers and then getting some really cool stuff there. Hopefully we can get some more uh, integrations built out. Like you know, as, as betting becomes bigger and bigger, like we want to have a bigger and bigger footprint and helping people beat, beat some of those lines as well. So uh, lots of fun stuff in the way uh, in the future here, but really, really pumped to uh, sort of demo that tool here this year.
1: It's funny because like the top eight, the the above sixty five percent plays for Prize Pick in Week One are all unders, which you know shouldn't yes. be shocking.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, of course, everybody comes in with their uh, favorite players and everything. It it boosts those lines up, and so you know if they're trying to balance action, we'll gladly uh, take the unders and the expected value.
1: All right, Justin Freeman, thank you for being on runthesims.com slash May. Are you doing any content throughout the year? Or are we just gonna have to? have the projections and follow you on Twitter
2: yeah it's just the just the projections and stuff we've we've kind of built out our team at run the Sims to uh You know, uh, we've got a new guy, um, Nolan Hubler, who's helping us with projections this year and uh, really excited about that. But uh, as far as content goes, I'm taking it easy. I'm uh, relaxing a little bit, Pat. It's uh, I feel like I've got so many balls in the air, keeping these projections airtight that uh, it's tough to find time to get in front of the video and the mic and uh, and and put the good stuff out. Because I did enjoy that. I, I will say, like anybody who's ever done like three shows a week. Can very much tip their hat to what you're doing. I mean, you're an absolute machine when it comes to putting out content because it, it could be tough to get really excited about Titans Browns week 11.
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it all just becomes part of the job at some point. But I really appreciate you coming yeah. on. <laughs> Anytime you want to come on, talk showdown, talk run the Sims, I'm here for it. So you just let me know, okay? You got it, man. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Remember to sub to the channel on YouTube, and if you want to get in those giveaways, I told you about the audio play in the DraftKings listeners league. Go in some money, print some money with RunTheSims.com/slash Mayo. If you use the slash Mayo, you'll get it for under thirteen dollars a week for the NFL season. You, come on, what are we doing here? Like, you know how much you're playing this. If you listen, if you're playing five bucks a week, then you probably don't want to have it. It's not worth it for you. But if you're playing like a hundred. 200 bucks a week or way more then yeah you're gonna want to have run the sims.com so go over there right now use code mayo or slash mayo get that discount right now thank you all for watching week one content this is kicking it off it's gonna be fun i'll see you next time Experience.
2: Experience.